Uh, Excellent. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, Alan Lee will not be here today. Instead, we have the Nightwing to my Batman. Or is that is that the slogan I always give you? <laughs> you give me a new slogan every time. Or is it the Superboy to my Superman? Let's go with Nightwing. Let's go with Nightwing. But yeah, thanks for having me, Keith. It's always a pleasure to be on Razor Riffs. It's always a pleasure to see your beautiful face and talk to your awesome guests. It's hard to see my beautiful face right now because my fucking camera is not working. Ah! Oh, yeah. And just to let the viewers at home know, there was a technical glitch, technical difficulties that we got through it. We, we just we just we just powered right through them. And yeah. don't worry about it, because this was a great interview. Uh, super, super awesome time. And we, we, we got a lot of ground covered. Like, oh, wow, that that just flew by. We got a lot of ground covered. And uh, I still have 10 questions I didn't ask. <laughs> I still had one question I didn't ask. And I was just all like, you're like, hey, well, where can the people find you at home? And I'm just all like, hey, Keith. Let me ask uh, you one more question. Before. Uh, I felt like it was, yeah, it was, he's like, uh, it was like one of those. I remember one time I interviewed Orlando Jones. Yeah. And, and uh, he's like, all right, you don't have me for 45 minutes. I was like, all right, cool. So we start the timer at 44. I was like, I have one more question. He's like, well, I only have 20 seconds to answer it. I was like, all right, we'll get rolled. Bring it back. He didn't come back. He didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But, well, but, uh, but no, but even, even if Jimmy, well, I mean, Jimmy didn't say he was going to come back or not come back, but regardless, this was a great episode. I, I, I died laughing. It was so funny. I can't, yeah. I, I can't. No, I really needed that. Cause I had like a terrible day. I, I was on my way to my day job at two o'clock in the morning and a guy hit and ran me. Like he uh-huh. hit and run and uh, my insurance, I got off the phone with my insurance and uh, they said they're not going to pay for it because it was a, I didn't have a motorist damage on my plan or whatever. I don't know. And it just fucking sucks because it's my brand new car and it's just like, fuck, dude. I would have never, I mean, other than you telling me before the podcast, just based on how the podcast went, Uh, I would have never guessed that in a billion years because that's professionalism, baby. That's because I'm a a professional. And I'm not trying to say this to make the folks at home feel bad for me, but this would be a good time to book me on Cameo. Book Keith on Cameo. (laughs) Book Keith at all of your comedy clubs as feature headliner. Book Keith, book Keith. Okay, because like, well, don't book me at clubs right now. I don't know if I could get there yet. But oh my goodness. Okay, book Keith. Unless you want to book me, and I could bring Victor, and Victor can drive me. Right. Let's do it. Book Keith the headline and me to feature, and right. and 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 we'll kill two birds with one stone because we'll, we'll put on one heck of a show, and I'll get to hang out with one of my great friends, Keith Razor. So no have matter you what. Ever- have you ever killed a bird with one stone? I've never killed any birds in my life. I actually love birds. Actually, not Thanksgiving, notwithstanding, but I never actually killed that turkey. So but I, was, I was thinking, like, how do you do that? Like, you have a stone and right. you see two birds. 
and you're like, okay, my goal is to kill <laughs> two birds with one stone. Okay. So, okay. so then you throw it, <laughs> right? And you're like, right. I hope I get two, but if I get one, that's pretty cool. But if I get two, I, I fucking did it. <laughs> Keith, haven't you ever seen like a flock of birds and like, like they're all flying in unison or they're all on the ground in unison? I'm pretty sure if you throw a rock, I mean, there's a possibility you can kill four birds with one stone, depending on how big the stone is, how hard you throw it and the positioning of where the birds are and how great your accuracy is. So yeah. depending on all those variables, I'm just kidding. Oh, so the saying <laughs> should be kill five birds with one rock. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, 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 just like wily coyote status, just go on top of a cliff and just, push push the boulder down and then kill the road runner and his family i yeah. think is what needs to happen but um all all jokes aside and everything this was it was so funny keith because i was just like oh i'm not feeling too good this morning and then i'm just like thinking keith's like i was in a car accident this morning you're doing this podcast baby you're not well, feeling- yeah <laughs> well here's the thing about me yeah, I've been doing stand up for 17 years. These are long opening remarks. We apologize, folks. Uh, I've been doing stand up <laughs> for 17 years. I've only canceled due to being sick or, you know, an emotional trauma or whatever. I've only canceled once. And I and I'm talking I'm talking like the day of I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's been places where I've canceled a couple days before, but the day of I've only canceled once. And I remember I let that producer down because, you know, were you headlining or were you just doing a spot? I was just doing a spot, but I still let that that show down. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's God. it's one of those things where, like, I'm not going to let myself down over. A fight like when my grandfather died, I still did stand up the next day. Yeah, dude. I mean, um, and uh, and I know, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to make these opening remarks even longer, but since we're on the topic, I mean, like when Norm passed away, like I was a big proponent of like Keith, you need to go back out there, bro. Like e- even like no matter what, man, because like you're my brother. Norm was your brother, so you know. That's uh, he. That's what he would have wanted, man. And so that's why I told you from the heart, man, everything I've told you from the heart. And that's why we're good friends, bro, because I don't mince words and you sure as fuck don't mince words. So it's just like, you know, I'm, you know, you know how I knew today was going to be start off. I mean, it ended up as a good day, but how I knew it was going to start as a bad day. How? Because the Knicks fucking lost overtime. God, I saw you posted that and I'm like, I don't know shit about basketball. I'm not liking this. I don't know. I don't know what the reference is other than them losing by a lot. And then they were scoreless. I don't know anything about sports, but I know if you have zero points, you're not doing good. Yeah, they were. It was like twenty-two to zero. No, twenty-five to zero. Twenty. It was something ridiculous. I'm like, I was like. I was like, these guys fucking suck. And then they overtime it and they lost at the at the last second. It's like they deserve to win just from coming back. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That extra effort. I was watching. I was tweeting that game and I was thinking, dude, 
this is not good for my anxiety. It's either making it worse or making it way worse. Okay. So yeah, definitely not, not helpful. You see, this is why I stopped watching sports because when I moved to Oakland, I try to be an Oakland Raiders fan and it was cool for the first three quarters of the game. Then, then the fourth quarter would come up, the Raiders would be winning and then they would just lose and not just by a little bit, they lose by a lot. And I'm all like, why am I getting all this anxiety for a team? I'm not even gambling money on like, yeah. you know, so it's just like, I don't understand this, but, but um, I, I do want to say though, like this was my first time talking to Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's a gentleman, Jimmy. No, he is textbook definition of no filter does not care. He like I, he gave so much solid advice today. I was about to diagnose him with Asperger's. Thank God you didn't. Thank God you didn't. Thank God you didn't. Thank God you didn't. Because then this would have definitely been the last time he's on the show. And last, last time. That Enjoy was- Jimmy Schubert, guys. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Recording right now. And I'm admitting him right now. There you go. I really hope my phone doesn't die. Well, I hope so too, Keith. I hope so too. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> All right. Is Jimmy Schubert in? Yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's just uh, loading up with, um, you know, sometimes it takes a second to boot. Um, and um you know to start oh there we go there There he is hey jimmy peace what's up hey jimmy how are you buddy i'm well how are you doing well thank thanks for doing the podcast i'm i'm having a computer's issue so i'm on my cellular phone i know bro welcome to technology supposed to make our lives easier what the fuck are we doing to ourselves Jimmy, this is a uh, Victor Pacheco. He's the trusty sidekick. Victor Pacheco sounds like a yeah. sounds like a movie villain. <laughs> My old nemesis, Victor Pacheco, will come and drop off the new codes. <laughs> you know, uh, people think I'm Russian because they think it's Pachenko with an N. It's Pacheco. It's it's Portuguese, but still. I still uh, either way, Russian, Portuguese, you know what I'm saying? No, I know it's still a bad guy. You know, you know, Portuguese were the ones that started the slave trade. Yeah, we're assholes. I know. Actually, you know, what's so funny. I went to Macau, uh, China, uh-huh. uh, which is where they're gambling. It's like they're Las Vegas of China. Yeah. Fucking amazing. But that was like a Portuguese settlement. It's, it's right oh across from Hong Kong. You got to take a shuttle to get there. But that's a Portuguese uh, settlement. Anyway, Sneak. I think they got I think they got it back. Jimmy, I wanted to ask you when you when you go to stand up overseas and stuff, do you ever run into Tom Rhodes? No, but Tom Rhodes is a friend of mine. I, I mean, Tom was a guy. Uh, you know, I know Tom a long time. He's a great comedian, real funny guy, great guy. And um, Tom was like one of these international guys who traveled everywhere. I mean, his passport were like this this thick. I mean, he was a known world traveler, and so. 
you know, I started talking to him about, you know, just entertaining like overseas. And, you know, I went to China three times, uh, which is a run was to go to Beijing, Shanghai, down to Hong Kong, Singapore, Macau, and do like a three week run over there. And so, which is amazing. I mean, you know, and then I've done a lot of armed forces entertainment tours around the world. You know, you get to see different stuff. I've done a festival in Ireland. I've been all through Germany. And so, uh, you know, I've been to Hawaii to do stand-up. It's great. It's all, I mean, I love shit. Uh, I mean, I went to Afghanistan for fuck's sake in the Middle East, for God's sakes, doing shows for the military over there during the, during the wars. You'd fly over and do some of that Bob Hope yeah. shit. Man, that's balls. That Bob Hope shit. Balls. But that's the cool thing. I was telling somebody today, you know, you go to Afghanistan, you're flying on a big uh, double Chinook uh, <laughs> a, a, a 47 fucking helicopter with the big, you know, with an Apache escort, and you drop in to somebody's forward operating bases like Methulam or Jahalabad, and you you jump off. And the chopper going, and the guy goes, What are you doing here? I go, We're the comedians. <laughs> Go, well, what are you doing here? Like, we must suck so bad. They sent us to Afghanistan. You know? <laughs> and he, goes, he goes, you should have been here this time yesterday. They were shelling us. I go, that must suck. They go, not really. They're not very good shots. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, you get a fucking Apache fucking circling over. I mean, fucking balls out to the wall, fucking hardcore, fucking dropping into a war zone to tell some dick jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, bro, that's, that's fucking, that's living. That's adventure travel. I just look, uh, you know, I always wanted to, I just love entertaining the, the armed forces. Those guys, uh, you know, have an incredibly tough job to do. I, I think, you know, that they, they, they fucking I mean, you're in, like, you know, these it's, it's it's just a great thing to do, you know, for people yeah. to do uh, some great stuff for the country. So I have a question yeah. about um, overseas. Is it true that some of the military, they get offended when us because, you know, we're civilians to them. We're, we're, we're non-combative. Do they get offended when we say, thank you for your service? Why would they get offended? I mean, you know, I mean, it because, I mean, if you say it sincerely and you fucking mean it, I don't think anybody would get offended. Oh, you know? I mean, yeah, I've heard of yeah. stories of, of, a pe- of people saying it sincerely and then getting berated about how it's, you know, their their civic or their their, their, their duty. And so I was wondering if you caught any flack with that. No, I mean, no, I, I, because, <laughs> no, because I've been there and it's, uh, hey, listen, man, I appreciate what you do. Thank you for your service. I mean, that's all. I'm not kissing anybody's fucking ass. If somebody was berating, I go, you know what? Then go fuck yourself. How about that? How about you go fuck yourself? How about I take back? How about you can go fuck yourself? I was just saying, uh, you know, I mean, I like to look those people you know, put themselves in harm's way, you know, uh, and then you get all these scumbag fucking politicians who play politics with their armaments, their, their munitions, their vests, their vehicles. So fuck, I, I fucking hate uh, politicians. I, I mean, I, and these kids got a very tough job to do. And, and so I just think the least I could do as an American citizen, if I'm able to tell some fucking jokes and, and provide some levity in a very awkward, uh, tough situation and that then I, that's the least I could fucking do. So that's how I feel about it. And I appreciate what they do. do so. But, you know, now, also Jimmy, I want, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, uh, cause before you started doing stand up, you, you did magic. And I wanted to ask like, how, how did you translate from magic to comedy? And then well, I, know, wanted, I still, I still do it. You, you know, I, I still do magic. I'm a magician member of the magic castle. So I still do magic. I mean, I, you oh, know, are you? Really? yeah, yeah. It's like, a, I'm like, a, I'm not a pro, but I'm a top seated amateur. 
You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm every bit as good. I just, I just, you know, I make, I make a great living doing standup. So I'll do close-up magic. You catch me after a show. Chances are, I probably do like 20 minutes of a close-up magic show. It'll blow you the fuck away. So I get like, you know, but uh, I started out that way, and I just, I, I just kind of always, it's, it keeps me sane on the road if I'm able to work on a card trick or practice a card trick or, or do something to occupy my mind for the eight hours a day. I got to fucking sit in a hotel room. So yeah, so I, it's like my. It's like my dirty little secret. I like to practice card tricks and I like to practice some slights and presentation. I think that, uh, you know, magicians practice all the time. The, the difference between magicians and comedians is magicians practice all the time. They really kind of, uh, you know, they work on their presentation. Uh, magicians are uh, comedians. Not so much. Comedians are more like a, I, I just think, I think there's like, I, I like, that these people work on the presentation. So when they go to make the presentation, it seems as smooth as possible. I think, you know, uh, I mean, I, I bring that, I bring that into uh, stand-up comedy. I bring that same practice into stand-up. I rehearse and practice my act and work on my act and write on my act. And so when I get in front of the audience, it seems to be a little seamless, but that's just something I drag from magic into stand-up. You know, it wasn't, it's really not. They're both kind of allied arts. You know, magic is the older of the two art forms. You could say, you know, stand-up comedy is the second oldest art form, I guess. You know, <laughs> it was always the court gestures. I, I wanted to ask you, though, like, how how is the element of surprise? Because with magic, because with comedy, the element of surprise makes the perfect joke. And I was thinking with magic, that would probably be the best magic trick too. You know? Yeah, well, you know, if you let the people fucking, if you let the people discover the the lie on its own, then your magic becomes impenetrable. I think Teller said that. And so when you let the, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, I, I just like, because it fucks with people's heads, but it's also the oldest art form in the world. It's diabolical in its presentation. And I just like the the elements of the presentation. It's all about, presentation everything has an effect and equal reaction it's very much like stand-up holy shit i finally got on getting some feedback keith's having a rough time over there <laughs> yeah we're having some technical difficulties with keith because he's trying to switch over to the other account but everything was fine <laughs> he should have just shut off his phone that was what he thought <laughs> feedback. he freaked out and just jumped out of the meeting here he comes he's oh my back god on his left. Oh my god! This this one has no 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 photo of him. Okay. Um, he's can you guys hear me? Yeah, oh, we can hear oh, you. Oh, we can hear you just fine. Uh, right? Okay. My phone my phone died, but I don't know how to turn on the video. But I'm still here. <laughs> Click on the bottom. It should be in the bottom. It says <laughs> unmute and uh, use video. It's down in your lower left hand corner. Yeah, it's oh not working. This oh is God. ridiculous. Oh, no. And then right what now. What technology? Dude, what the <laughs> fuck, Keith? <laughs> Keith! <laughs> Keith! Thank uh, God. I, I'm recording this, by the way, Jimmy. This, your time is not being wasted at all. You, this is yeah. being recorded right now. Uh, so don't right. worry. We, we got. Well, we, we can hear Keith. We, we can hear Keith. Him. I yeah, actually yeah. like the fact that we can't see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Uh, that's what people do when they when I they do my podcast. They're like, "Hey, as long as I can hear you but not see you, it's fine." Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, telephone. One, excuse me for one second. One second. No problem. No worries. Who's this? <laughs> What's up? Great. I'm on. I'm doing a podcast right now. Let me get. Let me hit you back. 
Yeah, what's up, man? Oh, nothing. And then, so another question I had for you is because when, when we did the Grand Com uh, Comedy Club this weekend, which you were very nice for letting me open for you, so thank you. But oh, we, were welcome, we, we were talking about mentors and stuff, and I, I was telling you how close I was with Norm and Saget, and you were telling me how close you were with uh, Sam Kennison. And, and like, I felt like in a way we kind of bonded because we both lost someone we loved. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you know, man, I mean, I mean, I've been friends with a lot of comedians from like, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's so, you know, I'm very blessed. I've been able to do this for a long time. The, the job itself is really difficult. Uh, I mean, you need somebody to just give you some good advice, help you navigate the waters. Because it really takes, it's only the toughest thing you'll do is try to make a living in fucking show business. I mean, not for any other reason that, you know, you could be the funniest guy, the most talented guy, but it doesn't mean you're always going to become the more popular guy, you know. And a lot of a lot of comedians I know that aren't really famous are fucking great comedians. And some of the some of the famous comedians are, are not really great stand-ups. They do it to, you know, supplement their income. It's not like their heart's in it, you know. But I mean, I love stand-up. I love the, the art form of, I'm kind of a purist. So, so yeah, I mean, Dorm McKinnison was great. You were obviously with Norm and uh, Bob Saget, two national treasures. Yeah. I mean, I've known Bob for 25 years. I mean, I was from Philly. Bob was also from Philly, and he was a regular at the comedy store. We did a documentary called uh, Life of a Stand-Up Comedian many, many, many years ago when Louis Anderson was in it. Louis Anderson passed away this year. I've lost a lot of mentors. My buddy Carl LeBeau uh, died of colon cancer. Carl was a great friend with Sam Kinnison back in the day, but he also was like one of my mentors, also... Uh, Mitch Walters, you know, and and so it's been a tough couple of years. I mean, I've lost uh, a lot of friends, a lot of people I care about in the industry. So I'm just trying to enjoy my life, man. Life is a short little trip on this fucking blue marble. I'm very fortunate to have been able to make my living doing this for 30 years and still love to do it. And I mean, we were down in Escondido that we had great fucking shows down there. Those crowds were amazing. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to ask you, like, how because now it seems like you're at the point where, you know, when you started, you had mentors, but now it seems like you're actually mentoring people. Like well, you got to, you know, you yeah. got to, you got to, you got to reach back and help, uh, you got to help people. It's the only way the art form lives on. I mean, there's guys like me that will reach back and I'll, I'll send emails for people. That guy was just calling me this kid, Jake. I just got him a guest set up in Las Vegas at a comedy club. I made a phone call on his behalf. So you got to help people where you can. I mean, obviously if you suck, I'm not putting my fucking reputation on the line. If you're not a good fucking comic, I'm not putting my, I mean, you know, also kind of reserved for people I know that are friends of mine that I know could do the job. I mean, yeah. I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking Johnny Appleseed of fucking comedy. I'm not going to paint that picture, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I do like that. I do like to help people that are fucking certainly working and making an effort to get better at the craft of stand up and honor the craft of stand up. That is an absolute yes. Uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, even, even guys like, 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 you know, it's so weird. It's like more guys are podcasting than worried about fucking stand-up comedy. I mean, some people do that shit well, but I mean, you're talking about people who fucking tour like probably 20 fucking five to 35 weeks a year. It means they're always going back and forth to the airport on airplanes, doing fucking podcasts on top of it, doing their stand-up shows on top of it, fucking doing, you know, whatever acting roles on the side, doing this. I mean, it's incredibly fucking, you know, difficult profession because you got to do all that shit on your own until you get representation. And then even then reputation, like everybody think I need an agent. I need a man. Sometimes agents and managers don't do fucking shit. 
Yeah. This business, like every other business, is built on relationships. And you build relationships with bookers and club owners. And over the years, these people become my friends and, uh, you know, are just uh, fans and are willing to use me. And, 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 uh, and it's just it's like anything else, you know, just present a fucking superior product. B, uh, I've heard uh, Bill Burr say it, but also, I, I mean, uh, a lot of people say it, is uh, be undeniable. You know, no. be so fucking good. Be the best version of your comedic self that you can be. Work on your act. Work on your delivery. Work on your presentation. Work on your fucking social media. And don't try to put the social media before the horse. I mean, write the fucking show and have a great show. And then go fucking crazy with social media. You know what I mean? I mean, I have, I've, been, I've been doing this for a while. So I have hours and hours and hours of material. So I'm able to throw up a clip every couple of days. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you think that social media has killed comedy in a form because I feel it has. Well, uh, no, well, uh, listen, here's the thing. That's all fucking make believe. You want to live on social media? God bless you. You're a fucking idiot. It's not real. (laughs) These people people would never, I mean, it's not fucking real. You're a fucking, you know, I'm an Instagram model. Well, you know, I use the model fucking loosely. All right. You're somebody who thinks you're a model. Like, I mean, you know, women, I mean, go make another TikTok video in a bikini, you dumb fuck. I mean, I really, what, what's, what, how does this make you significant? Is this how you're contributing to the world? You're going to show, you, know, you show your ass off all, I mean, it's, it's fucking, it's, I mean, the, the, the algorithms, it's all, it's all fucking stupid. I mean, never before in the history of the world have so many unlived lives been so well documented. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's next? What do you want to fuck? You want to swallow a camera and take a ride through my lower GI? And whoever guesses the correct amount of polyps on my lower intestine gets four free tickets to my next show at the improv. I mean, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? I mean, it's fucking insane. It's the people, it's like, it's the, we've gone from fucking self expression and speaking your truth to full blown fucking narcissism. Uh, you know, I didn't recognize you without a fucking selfie stick in your hand. They call it a selfie stick because narcissistic is harder to say. And what are you going to just take pictures of yourself all day? That's great. You ever see somebody's Instagram? It's just pictures of themselves. I mean, I use it for business. I promote my brand. I promote my product. I promote my shows, my upcoming films, movies, TV, whatever I'm fucking doing. I promote it. It's all fucking business. You'll never hear me say anything fucking political on there or any of that shit. I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't watch the news. I don't pretend. You want to fucking pretend? Pretend. Okay? Yeah. You want to tell me fucking 4 plus 4 is 12? Fucking, that's right. You're right. You're 100% right. 4 plus 4 is 12. You know? <laughs> you want to be called by they, them, who, we, me, I, you, whatever the fuck you want to do. You're a can of paint if you want to be, okay? You're a yeah. fucking cat, all right? I don't talk to fucking schizophrenics imaginary friends for the same fucking reason. You know, I got. I don't care anymore. You go do live in your world, create it, whatever. You're, you're, you're great. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm gonna go live my life and enjoy the fuck out of it. You know? <laughs> but I, I, I don't care anymore. I really. I, I mean, it, it, we're living in. It's insane. People have become insane. We're sitting back and we're watching this fucking insanity. The president of the United States is emotionally. He's like mentally compromised. He's shaking hands with invisible people. He's fucking bumping in the walls. He's eating ice cream everything's fine and people just watch and go what are you fucking retard i mean i hate to see that's what happens that's what happens when you eradicate the word retard from the fucking vocabulary people actually become retarded when you're not allowed to say retarded people actually become retarded okay it's so fucking dumb 
It is the <laughs> dumbest. We're living in the fucking matrix. And never before is it more fucking obvious. I mean, I love how like the, the government admitted that there's fucking extraterrestrials and there's UFOs visiting us. And that's not even the biggest fucking story. Like, it's like, that's not even like nobody fucking like, nobody's, yeah, yeah, aliens. Okay. Aliens. I'm like, what aliens exist? Get, tell me where, where, you know, I mean, like, like the, 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 this fucking COVID-19. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I don't like my COVID like I like my women, you know, 19, easy to spread. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I, but no, I, I was gonna that, say, that I don't so remember great. COVID 18 oh, being that bad. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's just you, you listen if you watch the news and you consume that. You know, recently I started doing like I do hot yoga, I do a fucking hour and a half guided meditation. I fucking been working out with a trainer, I'm fucking eating healthy and clean, I'm not watching TV. And I realized the diet, it's not just what you eat. It's what you consume in your eye hole. It's what you consume in your ear hole. It's the people you associate with. It's the books you read. Your diet's everything. I'm on a very strict diet, okay? Yeah. Zero room for bullshit in the fucking ears. If it ain't true, I don't want to hear it. If you didn't fucking see it with your two eyes, don't fucking tell me about it. It's, you know, it's like everything. You got to do everything now. You got to check out at the grocery store. You got to check your own fucking bags in. You got to do your own news reporting. Is that yeah. true? I don't know. I read it on Facebook. Well, then it definitely ain't fucking true. And then you got to jump down a fucking rabbit hole and Google and find out if the fucking stories are true anymore. Nobody does fucking anything. This fucking news, it's fucking shit. I mean, it's like it's opinion-based ribble. I wouldn't, first of all, I <laughs> I want to hang out with any of these people and have a fucking beer with them, nor do I give a fuck what they think about the geopolitical climate in fucking Greece. I I don't give a fuck. You, you, don't, you know, these people, the patriarchy and, you know, women don't have any fuck. Women don't have any rights. Women have fucking toppled every empire since the beginning of time. What are you talking yeah. about? Countries have won the war over the fucking vagina. What are you fucking saying? You know, women, I mean, they're like, they're like a fucking walking contradiction in fucking heels. I got I look, I don't want anything to do with fucking anybody anymore. I'm minding my own business. I'm minding my own business, okay? Yeah, fucking you're you're a fucking you're a, you do whatever you want. You're mentally ill and you go fucking go deep down that fucking mentally ill hole. I'm gonna be over here taking care of my life and my business. <laughs> fucking unbelievable, bro. It's fucking insane. It's insanity. People yeah. are out there counting calories. No one's counting chemicals in their food. Our food's banned in 30 fucking countries. You think that would be a big fucking deal? You yeah, think that yeah. would be a big deal. There's so many chemicals in the food. Other countries won't let you sell that. They have to make other versions for other countries. It's insanity. There's fucking poison and forever chemicals in water. I mean, you know, they're just they're just murdering us. If not with the vaccine, with everything fucking else. The food, they're just they're eugenics. They want to murder off a third of the world's population because yeah. they think it'll save the environment. <laughs> if I if I had a clapping thing, I would totally hit it for you. That was awesome. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, no, it's, it's just it's like, mind blowing. I mean, I, I mean, I, if you're watching the news, you're ill-informed. If yeah. you're reading your news, you still may be informed because it's all from a fucking slant. You know, at some point, they don't trust us with to know the fucking facts anymore. They got they have to fucking skewer it one way. They have to word it. It's all written at a fourth grade level from a teleprompter, <laughs> so the masses can wrap their fucking tiny little minds around it. You are a useless food eater. You think these politicians give a fuck about you? You're retarded. These people <laughs> give a fuck about you or your family or anything else. It's clearly fucking obvious. All 
they care about is getting reelected and fucking the middle class over in this country. We're gonna fuck you out of more of your money that you earn. We're gonna fuck you out more taxes. We're gonna fuck you. <laughs> they don't care. They don't give a fuck. They can, you are a useless fucking food eater. That's how they refer to you. And, and if you think if you think one side's better than the other, you're even like you're like doubly retarded. Not just saying, but you're just uh, well, what are you? I mean, are you not paying attention? Are you not fucking aware of anything that's going on around you? I mean, I get it. People have been conditioned. They're almost brainwashed. Yeah. They're almost brainwashed. They're like, yeah, no, the president said it, so it must be true. <laughs> Tell me, TV, who should I be mad at today, TV? I can't do any of my own critical thinking, TV. I tell me, why do you, I mean, why do you think they call it programming? Right. Because you're sitting there getting fucking programmed on your fucking couch while you eat Haggadahs, drink Coca-Cola, and and wash it down with, uh, you know, pizza and fucking work on your type two diabetes. You know, it's fucking, it's, it's just, it's insanity. It's insanity. I mean, you know, in a, in a, so in a country where they have cures for diseases, but people that are sick can't afford them. That's not really a society. That's a mental institution. We yeah. live in a fucking mental institution. And it's clearly obvious. If you look at the homeless crisis in on the West Coast, I mean, drug addicts, mental illness, these people are living on the street in the world's richest country in the world. This is how we fucking treat fucking, you know, people with disease or fucking people that have an illness. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's insane. You the last two years. You wish you've witnessed the largest transfer of American wealth in the history of the world. The fucking big farmer was making $222 million a day vaccinating people. And that's a whole nother fucking can of worms. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, everyone and their mother has a podcast right now. And I know you, you used to have the, the well, Jimmy that's show. why I don't yeah. have one. I, I, look, I, what do you want me to do? You want me to add to the cacophony of internet finality? You think my take on shit's going to be better or different or better than this one? I don't look. I first off, it's a lot of fucking work. All right, I want to go play golf. I want to enjoy what little time I have left on this little fucking blue marble. I want to be with people I care about. I'm trying to live a fucking stress drama free life. I could literally give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm look, I, I work on being a great comedian. And when they're lucky enough and I'm lucky enough and they let me act, I try to be a great fucking actor. I work on my skill sets. I, I do fucking, I still practice my magic. I write, I create, and that's what I'm happy doing. And those are the games I play. I learn the rules of those games and I'm going to play them. And I love them. I'm going to let it fucking kill me. And that's what Charles Bukowski says. Find what you love and then fucking pursue it till it kills you. That's what I'm working on. And I'm going to spend time with my family. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to be. I, what's fame? Fame is overrated. Fame is. I know famous people. They, it's, they can't go anywhere. They can't fucking do anything. It's a fucking process to yeah. fucking just go out to fucking eat. You have the, and, and, and it's fun because you can get great tables and yada, yada, yada. But you know what? I mean. It's 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 really a pain in the ass. I'd rather be just be a working professional comedian and a working professional actor and just be somebody who goes about his make a living because you know I just like doing it. You know, I like the process of creating and writing jokes and performing jokes in, in front of a great audience that appreciates it. I like also acting and getting an opportunity to do that and being creative that way. 
Well, like I, I know David Spade a little bit. And like whenever I hang out with him, he can't go anywhere without people bugging him for an autograph or a picture. Yeah, I mean, it's fine because I, I guess that's the fucking deal you make. But I mean, it's funny. I have this rule. You know, I have this rule. Uh, like I don't treat like I treat famous people like they're not famous. And I treat yeah. people who aren't famous like they are famous. That's just my rule in life. Because I got to tell you, I've had moments wow. with fucking Richard Pryor. I used to hang out with Sam Kinison. I've worked with Robin Williams. And so I just fucking treat them like the regular fucking people. And I think they appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think I think if you're a comic, you get that sense, too. Because I, I don't I don't treat. I'm like that, too. Like, I'm not starstruck with other comics. I just work with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, you know, you're you're doing this, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're in the trenches together, you know, you're all trying to accomplish the same goal and the job's already tough enough. There's no need to be a fucking dick to people on the way up. I mean, unless they're a fuck, unless they're like going out of the way to be a fucking asshole, then I mean, I just don't like I try to encourage kind words for everybody. I go do my thing. I work on my craft and just, you know, I try to help the people I can help. If not, no big deal. I just go about my business. I really don't. I don't have any. You well, know, I want to enjoy my life. I want to be able to go fucking go out to eat. Not have fun because somebody come up and ask me, you know, scream in your face. I used to be when I toured with Sam Kennison. People would come up and scream in his face while he was eating fucking dinner. You know what I mean? I mean, Jesus. that's horrible. Yeah. So it's like, you know, ah, ah, yeah. You mind? Oh, fucking my eating, God. You know, people are fucking idiots. Yeah. And that was in the well, 80s and the 90s. Yeah, well, late eighties, early nineties for sure. Yeah, he got it, but, but you know, it's so weird, man. The last two years have really changed everything. I mean, everybody, nobody's living in Los Angeles more. People are ditching out of New York and L.A., going to places that are a little kind of more open or kind of more spread out. You know, right? Yeah. It's it's changed. Uh, and one 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 side of it's good. I mean, I've had more auditions in my in my in my in my spare bedroom here in Florida. Uh, in the last four months than I've had in LA in the last four years. So the fact that everybody's able to kind of disperse, they allow people to audition from all over now. So is it, is it easier for you to audition like in your home in the camera or do you like going to the place to, no, I, I, either way. I mean, I used to book a lot when I was, when I used to do it in person, but I, I can still book uh, just from, you know, from my, you know, I was up for a reoccurring in a series not too, uh, recently, uh, you know, so yeah, I can still book from the camera. I mean, it's all the same shit. Are you good at what you're doing? You know, you got to yeah. figure it out. I think I'm a little, a little calmer at home. You know, when you're at home, you have a, you have a chance to like do it once or twice and get, get the vibe of it and then lay one down, you know? And that, that increases chances too, when you're calm and you don't have anxiety for what you're. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you never give a, you never give your power away anyway. You know that, I, I mean, I look, I, I saw an interview with Michael Keaton, who said, you know, I, I changed my whole attitude on, on auditioning is like, I let, that's the job. I got I get an opportunity to go work today. I get to go do 20 show up here and do 20 minutes and try to get on a fucking TV show. And if you go at it like that, then you go, yeah, that, that actually makes sense. That's the job. The job is to try to get another job. I mean, that's your job constantly, <laughs> even yeah. in stand, you know, you gotta get another job. You get the job, you work there a week, you gotta get another job, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's all groovy. Uh, Victor, you have a question for the great Jimmy Schubert. I actually, yeah, I do. Um, Jimmy, I didn't want to interrupt because uh, obviously there's a lot of brilliance that you shared, but there's this one thing that like sticking up because you have hours and hours and hours of materials from all the years of doing standup. Now I recently did my first hour, like my like first headlining hour. Um, and I was wondering 
is there a process that you have to writing an hour? Because if you have multiple hours, I mean, do you just break them up in chunks of 15 or like what? What's well, no, no, you know, I like I start with the theme, the theme of the hour. So what like uh, uh, let's say a theme is, uh, you know, walking through a minefield in clown shoes, which is a lot like what doing stand ups like today is like walking <laughs> through a minefield with clown shoes because people get so offended. I mean, I think that's a great concept for a fucking album. I think over, so I theme like this hour and I try to come up with bits that fit into that similar theme. So, uh, so the material is all different, but it fits in to this general idea that we're, I mean, how much like dumb stuff do we need? I mean, you go to the automatic toilets and there's a thing called the hamburger press. Like I just, all the, like we're such gadget, like everybody needs a gadget for something. It's like, like, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, the hamburger press, it just presses out hamburgers. I mean, to roll a hamburger, you just kind of kind of roll it in a ball and then you flatten it and you got a hamburger. Do I really need a machine to teach me how to make the perfect hamburger? So I just start with a theme or some stuff and I try to uh, know that fits or that. So it just kind of, so it's just, it's like seamless. Like the hour is seamless. Like it just seems like a one hour conversation or a one way conversation with an audience. It's a one our soliloquy of me going for these topics that are all kind of similar and just kind of, and from there it's easier to assemble. And then I start from the inside out. I take the new bits and I put them in the middle of my act. And as I've developed them and as they expand, I let it take over the hour. Okay. So I'll still do some of the, the, the you got to finish strong and start strong. You know, you got to start strong and finish strong. And so, but in the middle, I can do what I want and let these other bits develop and then take over the act, you know, and let it kind of overrun the act. And then you got a new hour. And that way you can still make a living. I mean, doing it because you're still going to go do a show. But I get also we're going to replace really funny bits in your act with a bit that's just equally as funny. It's just a new bit, you know, and kind of develop it and get it. So it's, you know, do you ever open with a brand new joke that you are? Oh, so fuck confident? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I okay. love that. I okay. love it. I, I just did, when I was doing Last Comic Standing, I went on national TV and do a, I did a brand new bit about getting dumped via text message. Yeah, I never did it before. <laughs> I like I done it. I done it in a couple of chat, like warming up too. I did. Yeah. There was a new piece of comedy. I worked on it for a little bit, and then we taped Last Comic Standing, and the whole bit was getting dumped uh, via text message. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, and it and it fucking killed. But I mean, that was the night I got voted off. But I wasn't going deep into the competition anyway. They weren't looking for the funniest people. It was just all, you know, they call it last comic standing, but it's all, you know, it's a reality show. It's a big fucking hand job. Who, who won that year? Was it Redman? Rodman. Rodman? Yeah. Rodman, yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Don't Suck. I don't know if you could talk about that yet, but... <laughs> Well, it, basically, it's a, a movie about stand the stand-up scene in Las Vegas. Right. And it's something that the comedians say to each other before they go on stage. Like, oh, like, hey, by the way, don't suck. Right? Yeah. And what happens is one of the fucking open mic guys is this guy. He's very uh, – Matt uh, Reif plays him. M M Matt's a very good-looking kid. He looks like a fucking vampire, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so he does this – no, but he, but the, it's funny because you think it's a movie about stand up comedy and you realize that the guy is a real fucking vampire. They catch him shooting up in the bathroom. He's shooting up blood and he tells the guy, he goes, No, it's not heroin. He goes, I have a blood disorder. 
And then he fucking reveals to Jamie Kennedy, who plays the fucking lead. He goes, I'm a fucking vampire. And a fucking light comes up off his thing. And the teeth come in. And he's like, get the fuck out. You're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. And at some point during this fucking tour, Jamie says, just go do what the fuck you want to be. And so the guy's getting heckled. And he disappears from stage. And then he reappears right in front of the guy's face. Scares the fuck out of him. He turns into a fucking bat, flies around the room, and reappears in front of the microphone. Someone's videotaping that. It goes viral. The, the fucking rest of the tour is sold out because the guy's a real fucking vampire. And at the end of the movie, Jamie, can't, you know, I don't want to give it away, but it actually turns into, <laughs> it starts, but what a great, I mean, you talk about if you were a vampire, what a great way to hide out in plain sight because you work at night. You know what I mean? You sleep all yeah. day, you work at night. And so, but it's a great fucking movie with a great cast. Ellen Homer's in it. Uh, so uh, the, the director was great. It's written by Rick D'Elia. Russell Peters is in it. It's a killer fucking movie. And I can't wait for it to come out. And the other one is, um, the other movie that's coming out uh, will be, it's called uh, Puppy Love with Sean Hopper Penn, Michael Madsen, Roseanne Arquette. I got a nice little part in that. Uh, directed by Michael Maxis. And uh, I'm getting ready to do a, uh, I'm flying to LA on Sunday to do a, I work two days on the film in LA. And then we go to Detroit for three days in November to work on this film, working with Brian Callen, uh, Kevin Mack, uh, Eric Griffin, you know, it's a, a, yeah. another, another film. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, lucky that I get to continue to pursue my career and continue to work. And so, uh, you know, so I just have two more questions because I want to respect your time. But uh, I wanted to ask, is it easier for you when you're acting to work with other stand up comedians or actors? Uh, you know, it depends on the actor. It depends on the comedian. Obviously, you know, you want people like I mean, I'm working with Count and, and Eric Griffith. Obviously, these guys are great actors. They've been on shows. They're certainly they, and they're both great fucking stand up. So, yeah, it's going to be a fucking fun little fucking hang. Uh, and, and, uh, and so. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it, it's easy. I, I mean, it's it's better when you have a relationship, like off screen, because that transfers on onto film. Like you know, right. if you're supposed to know each other for like 20 years, and you know each other for 20 years. That's easy to play. It's easy. You know, it's not a big jump. And and I, I am a com- I play a comedian in it, so it's not. But yeah, um, I, as opposed to don't suck, where I play a comedy manager. Yeah. What was did, did you do any research to be a comedy manager? Or did you just take stuff that you've learned? No, I've, I, I, I've had I've had my fair share <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had my fair share of incompetent boobs that represent. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, my last question for you is: uh, when you when you hit the road, what's one city that you just love performing at? Where like uh, Chicago, really- Chicago, I love. Uh, I like Phoenix a lot. Um, you know, West Palm Beach, uh, great, just great audiences. I, I mean, should I just like an audience that gets what you do, you know, the, the smart audiences. You know, I'm not a big fan of like younger audiences are tougher because they just don't have any point of reference. Right. They don't, they're not, they're, they're, uh, I don't know what, they don't have any point of history reference. Just, they stare at their phones. They're, I mean, they're, 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 I, I just, I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather entertain like people that are like between like, thir- like just say 30 and, and 60, because those people have a point of reference with history, you know? And yeah. so, uh, you know, especially cause you know, I'd like to work at the top of my intelligence. And so I like to word things. I know sometimes like that yogurt bit, uh, 
that I do. And people can see it online if they go Jimmy Schubert yogurt bit. But it's really a smart bit about the yogurt. I'm kind of doing geopolitical implications of, uh, you know, Greece inside a yogurt bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you want to get your unemployment rate below 87% before you worry about the amount of probiotics in my lower GI, you know. You know, the, the, the Greek yogurt. What's so great about Greek yogurt? What's in that little plastic container? Was it ouzo and milk and a didactic lecture on the perils of an unintellectualized democracy? Finally, a yogurt with Aristotelian ideas. I just like the wording on it. I like that, you know, so some people are going to laugh at that and get it, and other people are not going to get it. You know, means the Greece is the fucking birthplace of democracy. And yeah. that's where democracy started in Greece. So, but well, God forbid I, anybody fucking reads a history book these days. I agree with you. I feel like people under 30, their humor, they like more YouTube humor, which I'm not a big fan of. You know what I mean? Well, it's dumb. It's dumb humor. I like yeah. people to work. I like, I worked on top of my intelligence, so you're going to have to work a little bit to get the joke and put it together in your fucking head a little bit. I mean, that's what makes it fun. I mean, you know, I'm going to spoon feed it to you fucking people. Act like you act like you like it's like these. I saw a kid the other day going down the fucking street on a hoverboard. And I just watched this fucking kid just leaning his way down the street. I go, really? Is the left, right, left, right, left, right? Is the moving your own body weight around the planet too much for you? Huh? <laughs> you just gonna get on a little board and just lean your way around the planet? I mean, so silly. Uh, well, Jimmy, where can the folks at home follow and support you? At? Well, you go to jimmyschubert.com. It's my website. I got upcoming shows. I'm going to be in St. Louis, November 10th to the 13th. Then we go to Detroit, finish filming the movie. Then I'm going to be in Reno. Then I go to Las Vegas. I go to the Tropicana Thanksgiving week. I'm in Las Vegas at the Laugh Factory. And the week after that, I'm at Brad Garrett's joint at the MGM. And then, uh, and yeah, and then that's it. I'm uh, still working on, uh, I got some other dates coming up. But that, that'll start them. They can go to my website. They can follow me on social media. It's Jimmy Schubert at Instagram. And Schubert spelled S-H-U-B-E-R-T, like the theater. Jimmy Schubert. And uh, uh, Facebook fan page is Jimmy Schubert Comedian. So they can follow me on Facebook. And I always put up my dates. I always put up comedy clips. So people just try to give people something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, in a world in a world where uh you know people want to rob your joy all the time, I'm a first responder. (laughs) (laughs) Well Jimmy, thank you so much for rifting with us and uh it was was fun, man. Hey great, 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 great job this weekend, great shows. Thanks for inviting me on, man. Good talking to your listeners. Hopefully I won't get canceled. That's all I hear when I say, hey, you want to do a podcast? We go, hey, you want to get canceled for something you said 10 years ago? That's that's why I think a podcast. But listen, guys, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon. Thanks for your time, sir. And you have a great day. Thank you, Jimmy. Bye. All right. And that was with the, that was where, oh, he left. (laughs) That was with with the amazing Jimmy Schubert, everybody. (laughs) That was with Uh, Jimmy Schubert. I thought he was going to stay till the closing remarks. And then, you know, no, he just, he's like 45 minutes. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically 42, but okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna stop this, but we're going to still stay on so we could do the opening remarks or whatever. Oh, okay. No, okay, so yep. let me, let me, okay. So we didn't do those yet? Nope. Oh, okay. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.